What up, though? Welcome to a new episode of Don't Blame Me, Blame Detroit with your boy Brandon Jordan. I am here today. It's a very hot day here in L.A. I've been sweating my ass off all day in this heat, driving all around the city. But um, but I'm happy about it because I'd rather have this heat than dealing with snow any time of the year. But uh, we about to get into it today, man, straight into it because I really don't have nothing to talk about up top because there ain't too much going on right now. So I'm about to introduce my guest I have today. This beautiful woman that I have today is from one of my neighboring cities, Flint, Michigan. She is one of the funniest up-and-coming comedians in the country. She attended the second best HU in the country, in the country uh, Hampton University. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I wish y'all y'all could have seen her face when I said that, but <laughs> okay. She is one of the creators of the Pack Podcast Happy Hour on iTunes. Also, she's on Dash Radio, the No Flex Zone. She was on the most recent season of Superior Donuts on CBS. I want y'all to give a warm welcome to the podcast, Cornelia Stradwick. What's up? You know, first, thank you for the warm welcome. You know, you you threw the credits in there. You didn't have to do that. You could just hit me with the classic. See her around town. I'm fine with that. However, I did uh, not appreciate the slander <laughs> up top about my HBCU, <laughs> sir. Like, no, hello? I, I had we to throw this together. We I had to, this together. I had to throw that in there just for the fact of I know how much uh, people from Hampton and Howard hate going between the two. And so I just had to throw that in there just to, just to be funny. We're supposed to be in here together, you know, but it's fine. I understand. I understand. Yes, I did go to the illustrious Hampton University. <laughs> Shout out to the Pirates. Any Pirates listening? Uh, drop the rankers for me. Mm-hmm. I love Hampton, and I still love it, and it's the best to me. So, What, what, you what made you choose Hampton? We in Flint, we would go on these black college tours in high school and we would go to, we would take the spring break week or winter break, whatever that week was that high school kids get off in Michigan. And we would go to the South, we'd go to black schools, we would go to museums, black museums, we would go to visit plantations, we would do this whole week long of black stuff. So on the second year that I went on the tour, we went to Hampton and at that moment I was like, oh, I'm going here. This is my school. I just knew. Okay. It was just natural. So but before that, I thought I was going to go to Alabama A and M just because we went to their campus and they was party, and I was like, "Okay, they out here kicking it." Then, thank God, we went to Hampton because I would not mm-hmm. have fit in at Alabama A and M. Okay. So you know, um, you know, I didn't know you for a minute and seeing you around town, but just give me some more, you know, some background on like what made you get into to stand up and, and want to get into that to the acting field. Hmm. I was always funny, class clown in high school. Didn't know that I was class clown until they voted me class clown. So that's that typical story. I thought I was going to get best smile. And they were like, no, no, you a clown. And I was like, oh, for real? Um, then, but then I always knew that I would be an actor and a comic. But I would watch stand-up uh, when I was a kid, and I would think, oh, I'm going to do that. But I never put two and two together that I was going to actually do it and how. But I would always be like, oh, I'm going to do that. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was in New York, I went to college and then moved to New York. Working at, I was working a day job, regular job. But then at night, I was still taking acting classes. But in my mind, I didn't. I was like, I don't know how this will work. Um, and then I started taking improv. Okay. So... One day, my high school boyfriend called me, and he was like, we were just talking. And he was like, so when are you going to start doing stand-up? Just randomly. And I was like, oh, I'll start now. Cool. And then I started doing stand-up. I was like, I need to move to L.A. to do stand-up, which was weird, because I should have started in New York. New York, yeah. I wasn't thinking. Because for me, it was like, I'm going to do stand-up and be an actor. And to mm-hmm. be an actor, I felt like I needed to be here. So I moved to New- uh, L.A., and that was it. So how long you been in L.A.? It's, ten, it's been 10 years now. Okay. Well, I spent one year in Sacramento. So I've been Cali 10 years, LA 9. Where did Sacramento come from? 
I was a news anchor on ABC in Sacramento. Oh. So randomly, you know, I host, do online hosting, I do uh, radio shows, podcasts, all kinds of stuff, and uh, they reached out, recruiter reached out, and was like, hey, have you ever thought about doing news? I was like, no. End up doing news. Okay. So, um, you know, I wanted you on the podcast because I just wanted, you know, to sit back and have a conversation, just to be able to have a conversation with you, to, you know, to get to know you better, and also, you know, uh, pick your mind. But... Also, what encouraged me to have to have you on um, was the most recent, you know, conversation that's been in the news that you, you know, you felt a little passionate about was uh-huh. the Biden uh, Kamala Harris situation. Right. So, before I give my take on what on my stance on on how I felt about the situation. Tell me, when you found out the news, how did you feel? I was happy. I was excited. Um, I knew, if somebody reminded me years ago, I, I said this was going to happen. We did on our podcast, Happy Hour, maybe like two years ago, when they, the chatter started, I said it's going to be a Biden-Harris ticket. And the reason why I said that was because I felt like America is not as progressive as they like to think. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama didn't get elected because he was this great black man. No, Barack Obama got elected because a vast majority of white people were at risk risk of losing their jobs. That was when GM was about to fail and they were like, oh, let them fail. People decided to vote for Barack Obama because he had a plan to save their jobs, not because they liked the fact that he was a black man, because Mm -hmm. we see the fallout now of what happens when you have a black man president. People are still pissed and they didn't like seeing that. That was too much for them. But I said that it was going to be a Biden-Harris ticket because those two people scooped up the demos that are the focal points. Old white people, traditional white people, and black people who skew, um, who skew that line of that, like the educated black people but still um, young and progressive. Everybody else, you know, it doesn't matter. Once you lock those two majorities in, you're pretty good. So I was excited. I know about Kamala Harris's past, and I understand that. However, um, I think as black people and as people in general, we are often single issue voters. And personally, I'm not a single issue voter mm-hmm. so she can have have done whatever she's done in one field but i also know that one supreme court seats are for grabs i also know too that women's reproductive health rights are up for grabs i also know three lgbtq plus rights are up for grabs and as an ally i can't let certain things happen to my friends and their rights so there are things that i feel like need to be pushed through that override me focusing on one thing that has happened. So mm-hmm. I was happy, especially as a as a I'm a Delta. She's an AKA HBCU grad. What's good? I'm all for it. Okay. Let's go. Okay. It was one thing that you said the other day when you was on Facebook Live. I mean, on Instagram Live that um that actually made a lot of, that made a lot of sense in the situation when it comes to a lot of the people having a, a disagreement with her being picked, and that was. Um, you have a lot of people screaming, you know, um, do research, do research, this and this on the person. But a lot of the things that they're talking about are the same are the same easy things that you can just easily, you know, saying Google, you know, saying that are the common threads that um, are the talking points to people to say that they don't um, don't like her. It's uh, the same three memes. <laughs> She was a cop. Shut up, dog. Like for real. Like I can't. I'd be so mad. I'd be mad. <laughs> and for me now, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this. This is going to be my first year actually voting. Okay. This is going to be my first election actually going out and and speaking my voice. Um, I knew about Kamala Harris some years ago, you know, and the things that I you know, personally, you know, saying have, you know, read and seen about her, you know, I never really seen anything, you know, positive, you know, great about her, you know, me in the beginning. So I already had a, um, a negative light for her because 
I never heard nothing too much of, of good that she has done. Um, but at the same time, uh, I didn't know, you know, saying a lot about the woman myself, period. So I sat back, you know, me and looked at her history and stuff like that. And, you know, I seen some things, you know, saying a lot of things that I didn't agree with and like that she's supposed to be been a part of or, you know, a lot of the bills and policies that she was pushing um, or not trying to push that I was like, that didn't make sense to me, you know, saying especially as someone that's supposed to be a black woman. But the bigger issue that we need to get to and when it comes to this voting thing is two things to me. One, we're we're putting a lot of infant like the Amer- like the America people, especially and I'm I'm really speaking for um black people because that's my community, is that they put a lot of emphasis on the president and the vice president, which we're supposed to. That's the the leader that's supposed to be the leader of our country, the person that goes and speaks out for us and everything in the world. But at the same time, as much people are putting emphasis on Kamala on Harris, they don't put the same emphasis on the House of Representatives, the Senate. Them is a lot of the a lot of the positions that we need to be more educated about because they have more power than the president does. For sure, on decisions, Abs- that, absolutely on the decisions that we need to make. You know that, that they need to make in the country, and so. If you just go to the average black person that had that disagrees on that disagrees with what Trump is doing, um, that might not, you know, saying like Harris. But if you ask them, hey, who's running for California's House of Representatives, they ain't gonna have no clue. They ain't gonna tell you. And I'm like, listen, if they can't even verify that a Facebook meme is correct. They're not going to take the time to go through that mail in California. And I don't know what they do in other states. I I don't remember being in New York and receiving that um, that booklet in the mail that tells you everybody that's running kind of their high level um, action plans and what they stand for. People ain't going through that 50 page book. They don't even want to verify the one Facebook mean. Mm-hmm. Like, but I totally agree. There are other things that we need to worry about and there are local issues that affect us on the on a day-to-day basis yes for sure and the second part that i want to get to is that we also need to put more emphasis on the primaries the primaries get overlooked so much because the primaries is when you know are for the one are for the decisions that we're trying to make for the final vote is that then you can get to speak about who do you really want in the position to be able to vote for to get the the positions that you know, saying that you're that you're fighting against. Yeah, but you know what? I totally agree. I'm yeah. not disagreeing with you, but still, president and vice president, they do matter. No, I didn't say they didn't. I said they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, they no. do matter, and I think it's unfortunate that. And let's be clear: there are a group of people who gonna complain regardless. Mm-hmm. There's no perfect, perfect candidate. And I, I don't like the narrative where people be like, our ancestors will be mad because we voting for the lesser of two evils. Okay, just like they voted for Lyndon B. Johnson, who was an openly race, openly racist and called them the N-word, but they needed to get the Voting Rights Act passed. So they voted for his ass because they did what they had to do to get what they wanted. So this idea that we are now doing certain and and, and and in theory we should be yes as black people we should be past the point where we feel like we're not getting anything for our votes but then that's the second tier of the conversation because if you look at any other minority community you look at the asian community look at the jewish community they don't have the same complaints as us because they put money up for their votes they start a pack they all donate to the pack they all go to candidates and say, you need our votes and you also need our money. We need you to do X, Y, and Z. And if you do X, Y, and Z, we're going to give you this $10 million to support your campaign and we'll give you our votes. We're the only group of people who feel like we don't need to do that. Yes. We come to people being like, we, you need to vote. You need our votes. You don't have any money? No. We're not going to get what we want. That's why we're still here because we don't put no money up. Everybody else does. Yeah. And another issue is, is that like we in the situation that we is now is, is that for black people, there's so much in a, in a dislike for Trump 
that it doesn't matter what, what Biden does is let's just get Trump out. I'm voting for Biden. I feel like I feel like Biden can come out in a KKK uniform and the hate for Trump is so much that whatever Biden does is just a little less than Trump. We're going he he automatically going to get the vote. I'm not opposed to that either though. Because we this is this is what it is. I don't We've seen I'll put it like this. Do you want the next 4 years to be like the last 6 months? Oh, if, you, if you can live with the last six months for four more years, because again, remember, even though people be, feel like they know who Donald Trump is, so they feel like it is not that bad. It's not really affecting them. How can it get any worse? It can get worse because right now he knows he's up for election. If he gets reelected again, he ain't got to win nobody over. Mm-hmm. He literally don't have to win anybody over. It's game over. He can do what he wants to do, say what he wants to say, because... He's not up for re-election. He in there. So for me, nothing that I've seen Joe Biden do is worse <clears throat> than what John, Donald Trump has done in the totality of his life. We know he don't. You know he don't like black people. We know he don't like Hispanics. We know he don't want brown people in the country because he's trying to stop the unbrowning because white people scared that they're gonna lose their majority. We know that he's trying to build a wall that we paying for. We know that he just announced said something about he don't want kicking black people out the suburbs to protect their neighborhood. He said all of these things. Mm-hmm. For me, I would rather, let's try, if this were a job and you got hired to a company and in your four years of working, you was ashy, you losing your job, bro. Like, you out. Yeah. You had your chance. Let's bring the other guy in. And if he do a bad job, then he out. It's as simple as that. But why we got to keep him to prove some point? Like, we don't want Joe Biden in. So Trump raggedy too. Get him out and let's try another guy. Right? Well, I think I, I just, I'm so confused. Like, I just don't. I just I'm, don't get it. I mean, you... <laughs> I'm so frustrated. I just can't. <laughs> I guess. I guess if you if you put it that way, that makes it that makes it uh, that makes it it seem a lot better for me in my mindset. You know, what I'm saying with it because I just don't. I just don't fool with Biden though. I told. I listen. I'm not a hundred percent behind Joe Biden as well. But you got to look at this. You got to look at the scenario. Joe Biden. He's old. Mm-hmm. He ain't going to be doing this for much longer. Same thing happened with Ronald Reagan. When Ronald Reagan was in office, he started getting dementia. Yep. Guess who's making the decisions? People around him. So Joe Biden, I feel like we were we so worried about Joe Biden. Joe Biden ain't even going to be the one really making policies like that. Mm-hmm. He's just the dude. He's just the guy to put in there so we can actually start to get shit done. Like, Put, put Pop-Pop in here, and then when Pop-Pop in here, everybody else going to do the work around him. So I, I feel like we just, but we've, we've seen with Donald Trump that we've seen the difference. He ain't going to let nobody around him do nothing. Oh, he no. wants to make all the decisions. And then the people he appoint, they don't, he appointed a, Betsy DeVos as the, the, the Secretary of Education, and she's trash at education. Like, what are you doing? We've seen what he's done. <laughs> Like I, y'all want this? Y'all want four more years of this? Well, let me ask you this. Now, this is the part right here that had me laugh. That had me dying laughing though when she got appointed because it was it was oh, God. I for, I forgot to write it down because I forgot the lady name because I felt like the other woman would have been a better candidate for the position. But wait, um, wait, this are we talking about uh, Department of Education? No, for uh, vice president. Vice president, okay. Yeah, but um, how did you feel about uh, Harris calling, basically calling Biden a racist on TV, and then joining forces with him? We call our bosses at our day jobs racist all the time, and we still work at these raggedy ass jobs too. Like, why do we think? <laughs> 
Why do we ignore the things that we do on a daily basis? And when someone else does it, we be like, I don't know why she did that. You did it too. You got a raggedy boss. Not talking about you. I'm speaking uh. to the listener. You got a raggedy boss. He probably said something wild and racist. Or he probably did something shady. You went to everybody and your mama was like, I can't stand him here racist. He be doing this. I'm his bitch ass. When I see him out on the street, I'm going to slap him. And then you clock your ass into that job. Kiki it up with him at the lunch, the work lunch. You even probably talk about your TV shows. Like, yo, you seen Lovecraft Country? You be chopping it up with these fools. But when other people do this to advance their career or to to do something for themselves, it's a problem with us. And we got to start calling people out. Let, even if you do work with somebody who did some races back in the day, call his ass out. That doesn't mean that you can't work with him and show him better especially if he gonna end up looking to you to do just that because he's in his declining years mm-hmm. i'm more impressed that he took that beating and then and and then asked her to be to be the vp not that she called him a racist and she took the job because i'm not gonna turn down no vice president position <laughs> what she'd be a fool to turn that down but again, we be calling our our people. We be calling people racist all the time. We be working with they ashy asses anyway. How's it any different? Uh, see, I, I I didn't talk about this with a number of people, and you're the first one that 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 convinced me a little bit. You know, sitting on the other side. I totally get. I get the perspective of like she called this man a racist, and now she working with him. I get that. I get it. But we have a tendency to hold people to a standard that we don't even hold ourselves to. Imagine if we would have quit every job that we worked in because somebody was racist. We wouldn't have the jobs. Oh, no. There's a lot of shit. You wouldn't have no job. You wouldn't have no clothes. You wouldn't have no eat. we just be out here. we just be out here like one of these cats underneath the uh, 405 right now. Right. Now, I'm not saying don't hold people accountable. Because, again, if she did stuff that's that's messed up, we call her out on it. If he's done stuff that's messed up, call him out on it. But the difference is we've seen Donald Trump, and he ain't doing a good job. So it's time to let the other guy in here. If this was a regular job, he would have been got fired. Why we got to keep him to so he can prove, keep trying to prove to us that he's going to do better? He ain't. Okay. He's not going to do better. He's raggedy. And he can't believe his foundation. So he's out. <laughs> You ready to vote tomorrow. <laughs> get, listen, as soon as I get my thing in the mail, I'm out here, okay? I'm showing up today. I got my little ballot. You know in L.A., if y'all listening, y'all in L.A., you can fill your ballot out ahead of time on an app or on online. They give you a barcode. So all you got to do is show up to the polls, scan your barcode, and you're done. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to do all of that at the, at the polls anymore. You can just scan what you already did at home. What time do the polls open? Well, I ain't gonna lie. For me, for this being my first time, I want to go through the whole experience. Why didn't you vote before? Uh, both, both before my first, the first time I was actually uh, legally able to vote, it was Al Gore and George Bush. Okay. I just didn't vote. To be honest right. with you, I just didn't. I, I just I was just didn't when I was eighteen I just didn't care about it. That was just that's just the honest the honest opinion. I just didn't care about it. And then the next you know saying the next couple of elections it was the same thing. It was just more of I just didn't care. And then when um, it was Obama's second term, I actually did want to vote his second term. And by the time I made my decision up, it was too late for me to register. Why didn't you vote for Obama the first time? <laughs> the first time I didn't vote for Obama was because I was being an ignorant asshole. 
And I didn't want to vote for Obama for the fact that everybody around me would just wanted to vote for him just because he was black. So, you know what? <laughs> so and you were like the one like... I'm, I'm like, I, and, and it was like, and I used to go back and forth, especially with my uncle. I'd be like, man, what's it? I said, you can't name me one policy this man behind. I don't give a damn. He black. That's all I need. And I'm like, man, that's not a good enough reason for me to get up in my, out of my bed in the morning to go vote for somebody. And also, too, I had also, too, um, I also, and this, this, where I saw, I said, this election really hit me hard to make me really want to vote because before I really had the mindset also where my vote didn't matter. And then, especially after the, the George Bush and Al Gore election, it was like, they're going to put who they want in office any way, in any shape or form. And, and so coming from that being my first election, to, to be able to vote and seeing how that transpired, it was really kind of like they're going to put whoever they want in office, no matter what what we do. So it was so basically after that, it was kind of like we didn't care. But this but during this year and seeing how things has been handled and just everything that's been going on and me just being older and becoming a man as, as the man that I'm becoming, um, I want to be able to say I want to go out there and be able to, to speak my voice. Even if it don't matter, it, even if you, it, whatever, for me, it's going to matter. Just going out speaking my, you know, saying my opinion now. And then in the future, I want to be able to also, you know, um, you know, teach that to my kids one day. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And, it's, and, and it be, I can't be the father to say, oh, go vote. But then I never done it my damn self. No, no. And I respect you, your honesty. Mm-hmm. I do. Um but ain't nothing wrong with voting for somebody just because they're black. We we cheer for the dude, the black family and family feud every time. Every time. And we be like, yo, and they, they could, we don't even know these people. And There's they, can a, a, they can have the so, dumbest answers. And you well, still be like, hell, you be like, you got to like, yeah, good answer. Good answer. There was a Netflix show, reality show, like the floor is lava or something. I mm-hmm. heard it was like a black contestant. I was like, let me watch this show to support mm-hmm. the black people. I don't even want to watch the show. But... I think with Barack, and I was living in Harlem at the time, it was, I think it might have had, were you still in Detroit when when he was running? The second, no, I wasn't in Detroit. I believe the I first was time. Huh? The first time? The first time. First yeah. time, yeah, I was in Detroit. When you are in, I think for it, being in Harlem made it more special. To me, there was no way you could have been there and not have voted for Barack. Because mm. you got to, Harlem is so, is so rich in history. And Detroit is too, but because New York is so compact, it was literally you could literally see people wheeling their great grandparents in wheelchairs to vote. Like it was, it was unheard. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. So it was. I mean, you you kind of had to. And at the time, that for me, looking back, there was no reason not to. We knew who who was he running against? John McCain. Yeah, I think John. Yeah, John McCain. Who? I know. You was gonna vote. John McCain, like just vote for the dude. But I understand, I understand your perspective. No, it, it was a stupid perspective. But, <laughs> but if I was to like, it's it's, I really, I rarely look back and regret anything I have done in my life because everything bad or good that has happened has put me in the position I am now, and and I love where I'm at in life. Mm-hmm. But it's two things that I do regret in my life. And that one of them is not voting for Barack Obama, because I because now as I look back, like dang, I really wasn't a part of history. I seen it, and, but I wasn't and, a part. You know, that, that but you but don't beat yourself up too. Oh. There'll be there'll be plenty of other opportunities to be a part of history mm-hmm. for sure. I'm a part um, of history now. 2020, we'll never forget. We ain't gonna never forget it. And again, we're gonna be we, we're gonna be doing stuff like this for for however long. You know what I mean? Um, but you're here now, so that's mm-hmm. all that matters. You're mm-hmm. here now. But I get, I understand questioning uh, Kamala Harris's uh, background. I understand questioning Joe Biden's background. But what I always challenge people, especially men, because a lot of women, we have our own set of issues and things that we need, mm-hmm. especially black women. And if you're not a black woman, that's not the front of your mind. 
So for us, I always say, okay, black man, do you have women in your life? And if they say yes, do you care about the women in your life? If they say yes, we have reproductive issues that are on the table. And then people will say, well, I really believe in abortion anyway. It's not even about abortion. Birth control. Some black women ain't on birth control because they want to not have kids. They're on birth control because their periods are hard. Or they're on birth control for hormonal regulation. Or if you're in, in Gen Z, Gen Z is very serious about family planning. They can't afford to have kids now because they're not making the money that their parents and their grandparents made. So they're not going to be able to take care of kids, buy a house. So they're really specific and focused on managing how they have kids and start a family. Reproductive health goes off out of the window. Birth control out. Abortions out. Um, even uh, ovarian cancer screenings out. Mammograms out. All of that is done. So, again, it's not just about Kamala Harris and Joe Biden doing, you know, doing something back then. It's so many other things that are on the table. Help a sister out. Like, we out here. Mm-hmm. Because once the Supreme Court changes, ain't nobody, you got to die to get up out of there. And ain't nobody dying. We got two old people left, and once they out, that Supreme Court gonna stay that way for another twenty five years. Yep. And the listener again, you want to stop listening. This last thing I'm gonna say, my rant. If y'all not doing no research, stop lying and saying y'all doing research. Don't be like I researched and you did not. I saw somebody on the social media say. I researched it and I found out that Kamala Harris was responsible for not locking uh, officers up who um, shot Oscar Grant. Oscar Grant was the the yeah. young black man, Fruville Station. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? That's messed up. You know what I did? I researched. You know what I found? She wasn't even in that position when did. that happened. No, she wasn't. But this brother was telling all of his followers that that was the case. When I chimed in and said, that's a lie. That's not true. You need to tell them otherwise. He was like, y'all don't make white people correct themselves when they say something that's inaccurate. And he didn't correct people at all. So they went off into the world and believed this and now are telling their peers that same lie because they didn't want to research on their own. Yeah. Yes. Like the, when the two biggest things for me, for, for her was, um, the ignoring that ignoring evidence for people that was convicted wrongfully, okay, um, and how she was trying, to, how she was fighting, fighting. You know, even though she knew that she had the evidence in front of her, um, she was still fighting to keep her convictions. Um, that's one thing, and then the other thing was in 2015 when she was against the bill to be able to um, have off. I think yeah, it was 2015 when she had the officers um, when she was not a, not for the officers wearing body cams. Them was the two of the biggest things that I was like that really kind of like, yeah, why why wouldn't like we if it wasn't for body cams right now a lot of stuff would not be you know what I'm saying not be put the light that's going against the black community. Right, you know and so we get to call her on it. Mm-hmm. We need to call her out on it, and you know, and and we need to pull put the people's feet to the fire. I'm you know I'm totally I'm totally for that, but. Let's just make sure we calling people out for stuff that they actually did. Yeah, I know. Because people will be mm-hmm. like, she locked up 10,000 black men. Is that the number? And then you find out it was like 200. And you be mm-hmm. like, well, they... If somebody's in worse need to go to jail, if you do something raggedy, get in there. You need to take responsibilities. Get in there. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. We're going to have to really start researching. Because yeah. the fake research is, I can't. So uh, let's switch this up. Now, one one of the biggest things on my podcast that we talk a lot about is dating. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about dating. So first, I'm going to ask you, are you dating? I'm socializing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. You got, you got your entanglements out there? No, no, I'm not entangled with anybody. I don't do those. Um. I talk to people. I'm in the. I'm trying to date. 
but I'm not like seeing anyone exclusively. Has but it, I'm out here. Has it been? Has it been for you? Has it been challenging since since the quarantine and uh and the lockdowns and stuff? You know, honestly, it's been the same. Okay. Only thing is challenging. There's only so much FaceTime you can do. So now that we have eased out of like phase one where we really couldn't do nothing, it's a little easier now. But when we first got in lockdown, you can FaceTime somebody, but we literally weren't going anywhere. So after mm-hmm. a while, you'd be like, this is stupid. I'll see you when this is over. Yeah, because I didn't, I didn't heard some stories about this this uh, quarantine dating. And I'm like, bro. What they say? I had uh, to... Um, I had a couple people tell tell me how they were sitting there trying to have uh, FaceTime dates, so they would be on the they'd be on FaceTime and sitting there trying to watch movies on Netflix and uh, see, at no. the same time. <laughs> and I had one person tell me how uh, I guess somebody they tried to uh, like rent a movie or something over the TV. But the account was only set up for one t was only set up for one TV or something like that, <laughs> and so they couldn't watch it at the same time. Some cr- just off the wall stuff, and I'm like, for me, I'm not a big phone. I'm not a big phone person. Like I don't sit. I can't. I don't. I'm not a big like sit on the phone for hours and just talking. I'd rather see you in person, have a, have conversation, you know, face to face. So that for me, just sitting there, just talking on the phone for. Two three hours and I can't do that. Like that's that's not. Yeah, no, it's it's hard. That that is hard. And doing that extra stuff to me, I'm not about to be like like hit play at the same time. We gonna watch the movie together. Like now, if I had to do it, if I were dating someone and that's what he needed, sure, let's watch the movie. Whatever, fine. Mm -hmm. But I to me. And I don't mind talking on the phone if we're talking about something. I'm not yeah. just going to be sitting up here just, you know, breathing. This ain't elementary school where you on the phone till two. Tell me, what you doing? I'm not doing that. That's stupid. But I'll do what I have to do. Uh, to me, quarantine dating is the same as far as communication for me as it was before. Mm-hmm. I've been busy and I've been doing stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, honestly, it ain't, it ain't what no different. It it got a little boring. I was like, let me, and I was on the app. So after a while, it's only so much swiping you're gonna do because after a while, it just be too many ashies. You on the app? Huh? You on the app? Yeah, I'm on the apps. For what? To me, not being on the apps at this point is like not being on Instagram. You can't tell when you go out in these streets, you're not getting hit on four or five times a day. That don't happen in LA. That doesn't happen in LA, and then two. I'm always around comics, and I ain't gonna be talking to them. So, if I'm always around the same people, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna get that. I spent all my time working, doing, you know, in, in entertainment. When I go outside of entertainment and hang mm-hmm. out in like regular circles, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes they be talking, but that's not really an LA thing. LA dudes ain't really like that. I know. I've, I've been hearing as I've been, you know, saying, uh, and I'm about to, I'm about to get into what I wanted to get into as I've been talking to more of my female friends that, that are living here in LA and talking to more women on the podcast and stuff and talking about dating and everything. Um, it's crazy. The stuff that I hear, you know what I mean? Because as a guy, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't see, you know what I'm saying? I don't see what y'all see or go through what y'all go through on a daily basis when it comes to the LA dating scene. And it's baffling for me. You know what I'm saying? What I've been hearing. But one of like one of the biggest things is is that I had um Keisha uh you know, Keisha E on the podcast. And she was just telling me how um she says, you know, black men don't approach her in, in LA. And yeah, no, they don't. Well, th- and, okay, and I won't say that. Let me say this. Black men in entertainment don't approach you. Because black and men in entertainment, if you come out here in L.A. for entertainment, you either was the bad bitch back home, you either was popping, super funny, super talented in your hometown. So you already came here with this concept of, oh, I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm out here to work, I'm about to pop. 
you know, a couple people who weren't that, who came here and reinvented themselves. But for the most part, if you're an entertainer and you are trying to make it and you kind of finding your way, there's a little narcissism in that. You have to be feeling yourself of just a little. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for the entertainer to approach and to do that because they be like, I'm popping. And women here have made it the norm to then start to pursue the men. But regular dudes, and I'm not saying regular like regular regulars, non-actor dudes and non, I wouldn't even say comedians. So some of the comedians be approaching people. Non-actor dudes, they be approaching girls. The older, not the young ones, like the older ones, and the locals be all over it. They act like this Charlotte, North Carolina. They be like, what's you, what's up, what's your name? It just depends on where you are. So let me ask you, are you above the 10 or under the 10? The 10, uh, the highway? Yeah, the freeway. I'm in the valley. Okay. So you, so yeah, for me, I live, I live in North Hollywood now, but I'm all around this city. You know what I'm saying? I work in Culver City, but I'm in Compton, I'm in Gardena, I'm in Burbank. I'm all over the city. You know what I mean? I, I get around. And the differences I see between, you know, saying the di- the two the different parts of the city is crazy. You know, moving to North Hollywood and start seeing what a lot of see a lot of females say, like it's a lot more interracial dating out this way than I see when I go like to Compton and you know uh-huh. when I'm out you know in in that part of the city. And I didn't know that, you know, what I'm saying and they be and my 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 friends they say yeah they be like the black man don't want don't don't want us out here. Yeah, a certain type of black man. The the Hollywood, that L.A. actor dude, he he's more likely to not, from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. But in my experience, I've dated a lot of men out here. I haven't dated a lot, but the ones I've dated, they date black women. Okay. They just not actor dudes. Yeah. They play in sports, or maybe they like do something else, but. I mean, they do be, they do. It's a lot of interracial dating. I ain't gonna lie, it is. Yeah. So I'm about to give you this scenario because I was uh, with my friend today, and I told and I told her the scenario, and she was, she was totally a, a, against the situation. Okay. So I'm about to give it to you, and you give me your point of view on what you would do. Okay. So say you were say you were talking to a guy. Y'all went out three times, three dates. After the third date, you like, you know, I'm just not really feeling this dude. You cut him off. Okay. Six months, eight months later down the line, that same dude at the gas station, one of your good friends pull up there and get some gas. He see her. Oh, what's up? Hey, what's your name? They exchange numbers. They start dating. Six months later go by. They end up getting serious and start talking. She didn't. You don't know that they they're dating. You just know that you, she talking to somebody new. She just haven't introduced you to him yet. Six months later, come she introduced you, and you and you look like, dang, me and this dude went out before. Would you say something, or would that be an issue with you? How were we dating? Did him and I were we just like was it just on some kicking like go to go get food a couple yeah, just times? Kicking. Y'all know, we, no intimate, no, we no kiss intimacy. in the mouth, none of that. Just three regular dates, and you just cut them off. Now I'm assuming is she my good friend or yes. she like my associate? No, she's your good friend. I would tell her, but I want to point out in this scenario, if she was your good friend, she would have known about him in some way anyway even if mm-hmm. it wasn't his real name it would be a nickname because we get nicknames we'd have been like you remember bigfoot you remember the bigfoot that's bigfoot mm-hmm. so she if that was my friend she probably would have heard about him in some instance you know at some point i would say if they if she came up to me after months and months and months of dating this man they were super serious and me and him talked I would say I would tell her that because I wouldn't want her to find out later and have her thinking that I was hiding something because it was more than that. So I I would tell her. I'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, oh, that's him. I'd be like, girl, you remember we, we, I used to talk to him. I don't want him. Ain't nothing happened, but I used to talk to him. I I would. 
So, but do you find, but do you find that as an issue? Because when I, when I told, when I, when I brought that up to my friend, it was so much of an issue with her. If, with issue that with her. Issue for who? For, for the one who talked to him for three, for, for three the, days? For three or days. The, she said it was, it had been an issue for her in both roles. If she reversed the role, it would have been an issue with her then. Either role, she said it would have been an issue for her. Not for me if him and I, if we just went to get food a couple times and maybe, and it was just three days, we ain't kissing the mouth. I wasn't really feeling him like that. I don't, it wouldn't be an issue for me. Only if him and I were intimate or if I kind of liked him. If I don't, if I ain't like him like that, I can think a couple dudes right now, and I'm thinking if someone, if my homegirl dated him, girl, have him. I don't want him. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Maybe you saw the best in him. I didn't. That's my thing. I, for me, I'm looking like for me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say nothing. If we if we weren't intimate, and yeah. I and it was just three like casual dates. Now, if we was holding hands on the beach and like cuddling in the sand, that's different. But if it was just like, oh, meet me at um, meet me over here at Chipotle. We are gonna grab a burrito and get to know each other. Yeah, I mean, for me, I just feel like that's uh, it's not an issue for me. That, that I feel that's not a big deal. Now. If if we actually slept together and had some type of intimate, then yeah, I feel like I got to say something. But How it, old was the woman who who said this? They had a Thirty-two. I think that's the difference. I'm a little older than that, so for me, as you get older, you start to realize if you drilling down that specific, and there's certain deal breakers that are that. Like that small to the point where if I talk to him, then can't my homegirl can't talk to him at all. Especially in a city like LA where it's even hard to meet people. Girl, you're gonna be fighting you gonna be fighting a lifelong battle. Yeah, exactly. If there was not, yeah. no relationship, if they just hung out a couple times. That's it. I would I would tell my I would tell her. I for sure. Because if I didn't, she'd probably be like, why you ain't tell me? What happened? Just saw something up? You watched me, you saw me hanging out with this dude, getting to know him, falling in love, and you, y'all kicked it? Then I look like the liar. Or, it could just, for me, it's just like, it was nothing serious, so I just feel like, you know, why even bother with the situation? Why You need bothered? to tell her. For you. Okay, I'm going to give you the advice. Okay. Don't ever have your woman out here looking crazy in any way. Even mm-hmm. if it's something as simple as, I talk to her maybe two, three times and she happens to be your friend and I didn't say nothing. Don't do that. You need to say something. Because now it look like you're keeping secrets and you lying. And te- technically you are lying because you knew you went to Chipotle with her homegirl two times and you didn't say nothing. <laughs> Don't have nobody out here looking crazy. Nah, you don't. You don't want that. That's already a recipe for uh, a, a bad start of a relationship. And you out? What? Like you lying about that? You gonna be? Then you gonna be lying? Well, I won't say all that, but that's how we look at it. We be like, oh, girl, he lied about this girl. He gonna be lying because he could have easily told me. Oh, I went to um, me and her went to Veggie Grill and had a sandwich. Maybe we caught a movie. Mm-hmm. We went to the two dollar movie theater in North Hollywood. That ain't no more two dollars. They raised the prices, but don't listen. We ain't gonna get into that. Okay, they try to sneak us, sneak at us with the price rate. But you need to say something. Okay. All right, I feel you. I feel you on that. So, what did you? Uh, what you do yesterday to celebrate the holiday? What was the holiday? Oh man, you're not about to. Oh, you're not about to hurt my feelings like that. It was Kobe oh. Day yesterday. Oh, Kobe Day. Oh, was it Sweetest Day? You thought you were going to throw some Michigan holiday out here. Um, um, I didn't do anything. I mean, I liked a couple of posts on Instagram. 
I respect Kobe, and and I think he was a fantastic athlete, and I was really sad and hurt when he passed away. But when Kobe was hooping, Kobe wasn't my guy. Who was your guy? LeBron. Oh man, who's my guy? Oh man, to me, who's my guy? Oh yeah. And before LeBron, it was D Wade. Before D Wade, it was Gary Payton. Before Gary Payton, it was Michael Jordan. Until Michael Jordan retired and left us for dead, and then decided to come back. Oh, man. <laughs> but I respect Kobe. And, uh, you know, it's, him back, passing away was tragic. But I didn't do anything yesterday. I just... You could have just put on a little tufo and, and just, you know what I mean, and walked around I yesterday. I don't own none of that gear. I mean, could, like, I don't like the Lakers. The only reason I kind of watch the Lakers is because LeBron. But besides that, I don't really like the Lakers. I seen somebody yesterday get crazy. He had a white shirt, got a little black marker, put tufo on it. See, we ain't doing all that. Right? It ain't. <laughs> the brother was great. I respect him. And, you know, but I could, I'm with you in spirit, Cole. I ain't going to be writing on no shirt. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, so, uh, so, what did you do? You said you had a party? What did you do? Uh, no, I, um, when I got off of work, went, went out, went downtown, ate at LA Live, took some pictures. You know what I'm saying? And, and that was it. Mm-hmm. That's what we did. That was That's my good. dude. You know what I'm saying? That was my that was my man. You know what I'm saying? That was my favorite player growing up. I feel you. No, I get it. Yeah, and it's I still, get it. And it's still weird being. It's like you know. Uh, I always said you know uh, I wanted to. Uh, I said when I was a kid, I said one day I'm gonna move to LA and I'm gonna meet Kobe Bryant. <laughs> man, life though, life it's it, it definitely don't go the way you plan. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So, what you got coming up? Shoot, I'm at home. What you mean? I um, I mean, I'm starting a game show on Instagram Live. Make sure y'all check it out. It's called Oblivia Black Trivia. It's a game where we ask questions about 80s, 90s, and early 2000s black culture. So, I'm gonna be doing that on Tuesdays at eight o'clock. Um, hopefully, we got we getting out of the house. Oh, I have a show. I'm doing stand up outside um, the 27th and the 29th. So that's it. Um, and I think I got a show in October. But besides that, still writing, still working, still working on projects, still ready to go once we get up out of here. They like black uh, female comedians now, so I'm ready. Uh, I want to I want to see what this uh, game show about. I'd like to be a part of that. We on Instagram Live at 8 o'clock. Um, watch it and then I'll, I'm going to start once I get I'm still working out the kinks once I get okay. the scoring and everything down then I'm going to make it a big thing mm-hmm. but right now we just it's having a good time watch it and, and see questions are fun okay. it's like um, which hip hop label record label took over for the 99 and the 2000 it's questions like that okay so it's fun check, come check it out I IG live I definitely will what's the Instagram mm-hmm. At Canelia, K-E-N-N-E-L-I-A. That's like Kenny and Ophelia. Mm-hmm. All right, and y'all know y'all know me. Uh, still follow the Instagram, Brandon Jordan Comedy, and uh, that was another episode, man. And I'm glad I had you on because uh, I learned some stuff today. I'm happy. I'm glad you helped. Uh, you helped change my mind. It's hard to tell you. One thing for me is hard to change my mindset on stuff. And you helped convince me on rethinking some things and educating myself a little bit more on some stuff. I appreciate that. And I, you know, you ain't got to take y'all. Y'all ain't got to do nothing that I say as long as though you do your damn research. That's all I ask, man. <laughs> That's gonna be the hashtag. Do your research. Do your research. <laughs> but no, thank you for having me on the podcast too. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. All right, that's another episode. I'll holler at y'all. Don't don't cut off.